Hey, good morning, playbookers. I'm Raghumana Bolin. It's Tuesday. Today's show, a new book highlights friction in the White House. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. The White House has worked hard to project a united front between President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris and their respective teams. But the upcoming book from Jonathan Martin and Alex Burns of the New York Times, This Will Not Pass, Trump, Biden, and the Battle for America's Future, reveals some frustrations at the highest levels of the White House between the Biden and Harris camps, as well as the Vice President's angst over the policy portfolio she was given. Playbook got its hands on some juicy excerpts. Harris allies complained throughout the first year of the administration that she was handed an impossible portfolio portfolio. According to the book, Kate Bedingfield, Biden's comms director, not only grew tired of the criticism that the White House was mismanaging Harris, she blamed the vice president. Martin Burns write, quote, In private, Bedingfield had taken to noting that the vice presidency was not the first time in Harris's political career that she had fallen short of sky-high expectations. Her Senate office had been messy, and her presidential campaign had been a fiasco. Perhaps, she suggested, the problem was not the vice president's staff. Bedingfield did respond in an email Monday night, quote, The fact that no one working on this book bothered to call to fact-check this unattributed claim tells you what you need to know. Vice President Harris is a force in this administration, and I have the utmost respect for the work she does every day to move the country forward. The Biden White House had been remarkably leak-proof in the first several months, but that began to change after Harris's trip to Guatemala in June to address immigration, with reports of dysfunction in her office finding their way to print. That ticked off Biden, according to the book. The president hauled senior staff into the Oval Office and warned, quote, if he found any of them was stirring up negative stories about the vice president, Biden said, they would quickly be former staff. Meanwhile, Harris was growing increasingly agitated by her predicament. Mernon Burns write, quote, one senator close to her, describing Harris's frustration as up in the stratosphere, lamented that Harris's political decline was a slow rolling Greek tragedy. Her approval numbers were even lower than Biden's, and other Democrats were already eyeing the 2024 race if Biden declined to run. The pair reports that Harris and Biden have had a, quote, friendly but not close personal relationship, and that their weekly lunches had lacked a real depth of personal and political intimacy. As for the vice president's portfolio, they write that Harris, wary of being hemmed in, didn't want to pick a few signature issues. She even told White House aides that, quote, in frank terms, she did not want to be restricted to a few subjects mainly associated with women and black Americans. Harris did ask to lead the administration's push to shore up federal voting rights. But as the effort stalled in Congress, leaving the White House and Harris with not many options, she placed some of the blame at Biden's feet, according to the book. Quote, how was she supposed to communicate clearly about voting rights legislation, Harris asked West Wing when the president would not even say that he supported changing the Senate rules to open the path for a bill. As calls for Biden to come out in favor of a filibuster carve-out for voting rights and frustration with the White House's perceived lack of prioritization of the issue grew, Harris told Biden aides that she couldn't be as forceful publicly as she wanted to be. She told him she couldn't go all out until, quote, voters knew that Biden himself was willing to back the procedural steps required to pass legislation. The vice president's office declined to comment on the excerpts. You can check out more excerpts from the book in today's playbook and also in Politico's West Wing playbook. Catch a link to that in today's newsletter at politico.com playbook. A new Politico Morning Council poll out this morning shows that 47% of voters think Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson should be confirmed to the Supreme Court, with only 19% opposing confirmation. The numbers, when you look closely, are a result of strong Democratic support for seating her on the bench and the apparent unawareness among independents and even GOP voters. Case in point, while three-quarters of Democrats support confirmation, 39% of independent voters agree, and 43% have no opinion. 
Meanwhile, 41% of GOP voters have no opinion about Jackson's confirmation, while 23% support confirmation and 36% oppose. Those numbers are similar to what we saw in February and reflect the GOP strategy not to go after Jackson early on, lest they distract from pocketbook issues like inflation that Republicans think will resonate most in the midterms. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10.15 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the president's daily brief. Press Secretary Jen Psaki and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan will brief at 1 p.m. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. to resume consideration of the America Competes Act. The Judiciary Committee will continue its confirmation hearings on Ketanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court nomination at 9 a.m. The House is out today. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Monavalin. Have a good Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning.